no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 50 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your hosts, Ryan and Nate. Episode 50, man. Can you believe it? Crazy. 50 weeks of rambling. Of rambling. Can you believe people are still listening to us? Are they? I think so. The 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 listen. I don't even listen. The listening stats show that um, people are in fact listening to us every week. And on that, thank you guys for listening to us every week it's hard to maintain a, a followership for over a year they may not be the same followers but they're people that listen to us so yeah, i think that's, that's most important yeah i can't believe that we've gotten to this point 50 weeks may not be exactly 52 weeks which is technically a year but we've been doing this for a long time prior to the first episode coming out it was a huge work in progress a lot of trial and error Definitely, a lot, definitely a lot of a error. lot of trial and error, um, but we wanted to sort of celebrate our fiftieth episode. I think that it makes a, a bit more sense to do fifty episodes and fifty-two, which is kind of odd. Yeah. So for the fiftieth episode, for you guys, we decided to compile a bunch of clips from our most listened to episodes. The the ones that we think the we cream did of the crop. The, the, yeah, the ones that we think we did really well. The ones that you guys you know reached out about. So. We're going to be doing that. In this episode, you'll hear, you know, snippets. We'll provide some backstory on, you know, just shit that's happened after, you know, just random shit. So I hope you guys enjoy it. This first clip is from the very, very first episode. Basically how me and Nate met. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Should we play the clip or how's yeah. this going to work? Here right. it goes. Let's get into like how we met. It's, it's a weird story and it's not yeah. that interesting, but... but Okay, so let this, him know. This is how we met. So Ryan and I were coworkers. He doesn't work with me anymore. I don't. It's, I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, but anyways, um, we kind of clicked on our mutual appreciation for streetwear, sneakers, definitely, all of that stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of how we met and kind of how we started hanging out, I guess. It's not um, as glamorous as like no, it's I was walking like down the hall and you yeah. peeped my shoes and he was like, "Yo, those are fire, man." What's your name? First nah, okay, it was not. I don't talk like it that. It was yeah, he does. <laughs> but you New Yorker? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's nothing like that to yeah. be honest. But yeah, it kind of all sparked with just this general interest in streetwear, and I think for kids our age, especially you know in the the area that we live in, we're kind of consumed by a lot of culture we're in like a very multicultural area word. yeah i'm not from san francisco but i've always been in the city yeah you know you're Same. not from san francisco not, either where are you from don't worry about where i'm from all yeah, right so let's, keep, let's keep the private life small, private i let's call it a surf city so it's called no not the smoothie place no <laughs> surf city squeeze no 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 <laughs> you're from pacifica yes. a little like surf city along the way maybe like a little past san francisco but san francisco is really close to you so you still get that sort of same feeling you yeah probably gone to school like around this area too no in pacifica but anyway right, man well okay what anyway <laughs> so then so then kind of if you grew up in a place like that mm-hmm. right, how'd you get into streetwear you know like how how did nate get into streetwear um i mean like you said even though i lived in pacifica 
it's still pretty close in proximity to San Francisco. Um, yeah, like 15 minutes. Damn yeah, long. exactly. Yeah. And it all kind of happened back in 2004, 2005. I was still in elementary school. Uh, it really had a, a lot to do with my brother and For what sure. he was doing at the time. Those are our biggest influences when it comes to this shit. Yeah, I mean, growing up. want to be cool like them. Growing up, obviously, I was a pretty impressionable child. <laughs> um, my brother grew up during the 90s. So, obviously, he was into things like hip-hop, yeah. skating, sports, things like sneakers, things like that. Sure. So, all of that kind of influenced what I would be interested in later on in my life. So he was like a, a, was he like a ghetto Asian kid in high school? Yes. Blazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he would wear wave caps and he would tie. I don't That's I, so crazy. Like how Asian hair is already straight as hell anyways. Yeah. Like what are you going to like, like grimy it up? Like what are you trying to, it's like I backwards don't I don't thinking. Know. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Anyways, so so so, how did you? So what did he like? Give you hand me downs or what did he kind he, of like? So he would. He said, "Hey um, Nate, wear this. You look cool." Yeah, I mean, I saw him wear like Jordans, like Air Force Ones, just Nike shoes in general, things like that. Yeah, and I would be like, "Hey, can I get a pair of those?" So obviously, in fourth grade, I didn't have a job or Which I didn't you, have like any source of income. So my brother would buy me shoes. That's what's up. So that's how I kind of got into it. You know? I wouldn't want my little brother looking crazy either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I ain't wearing no shacks. Yeah. That's like, yo, take those off. Take those off. <laughs> Trashed immediately. Yo, throw, please throw those in the garbage. I was very much the same way. Like, I have two older brothers um, about the same, like, age separation too, maybe like eight or nine years. Yeah. My older brother skateboarded, so that's where my early inspirations kind of developed from is, like, skateboarding, baggy pants, baggy clothes, hip-hop. And those all kind of intertwine with each other at the end of the day, right? So the origination of like streetwear, in my opinion, is skateboarding and, you know, not rock, but punk. There you go. Punk. Like early punk and hip hop. Like that's, that's easy. No challenge. Like nobody's going to challenge me on that one. No, that's, that, I think that's a, that's pretty much a proven fact at this point. You could see all the inspiration through people's brands and stuff. But anyway, yeah. yeah, So, um, a lot of. My clothes came from hand-me-downs as, as well. Like, I, I had a... So, I was a basketball kid when I first started. You didn't play basketball. I played basketball. No, Asian didn't. League MVP. No, like, you the Chinese AI. Filipino okay, AI. Just, okay, just so you guys know, when oh, Ryan and yeah. I went out to the bar, there was the basketball game, right? Yeah, a little little pop shot. A little, and guess what the score was? 66 me, 24 Ryan. Now, see, this, this guy is didn't the thing hoop. that this I didn't know is... I can't play basketball drunk, and that that's just it's you can't just can't play evident. basketball drunk. You can't play basketball. Yeah, period. nobody. Play, never mind. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways. So yeah, so I was a little basketball kid. So I would get hand me downs at first from my cousin. He used to give me like old like AI Allen Iverson shoes, Ooh. and they were so I didn't care Some if they were ones. beat. They were like the AI questions and like the answer Ooh. and just all of those. So I was like, at least I had fire shoes when I was younger. That that's. That's probably where I grew the affinity of just like loving shoes in general, which I yeah, still you keep do using to this that day. word. I've affinity. used it one time. Affinity. Anyways, it's a that's <laughs> the word of the day in my book. All right. But so it started with you know the basketball shoes and everything like that, and then my brother just watching him skateboard and just you know watching him watch videos and kind of seeing how people dressed. That sort of like brought on this love for you know just like different brands that's where i kind of learned about brands because obviously yeah. if you're into skateboarding you're gonna figure out like oh there's this skateboard company there's this skateboard company and then at the end of the day it's just like you choose what you like yeah. right so and that kind of goes into the essence of streetwear in general is you wear what you like yeah and 
Yeah, and, and, and that's going to be a reoccurring topic. I think for that's sure, gonna be for sure, one of the big topics. Definitely. That we're touch on. If there's anything that I feel like we live by is when it comes to streetwear, is just being yourself. Yeah. So the the story of how and me how me and Nate met it, it isn't very very special at all. It's it's pretty normal for how most people meet. It's Actually, just, I don't even think that was the first time we met. Well, the first time we met over like streetwear. Street yeah. I think we like, we had seen each other and passing by before but i remember we were at a house party and you handed me a bottle of a bottle of crown oh yeah you want some i was like sure yeah and i think that's that might be the first time we bonded over alcohol and ever since that 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 part of the friendship has been been going strong downward spiral ever since um but if uh Fun fact about that, that actually wasn't the first episode that we had ever recorded. That might have been like the sixth or seventh take of that same episode. It was pretty rehearsed. That first episode was very, very rehearsed. And it almost, that's why it sounds so good because we, we almost like had memorized our lines at that point. Yeah. Which is, which, which is really funny. Um, we, well, we wanted to mention that we have a lost episode too. Yes. Actually quite a few lost. We do. Yeah. They sound terrible. Horrible. They're, they are the worst sounding um, episodes. We had done it originally with two other guys. They the, will go the, unnamed. The podcast. The podcast. The, <laughs> thank you for correcting me. Um, yeah, but we, we had this idea originally maybe about a year prior Yeah, to do like a podcast, talk about streetwear, et cetera. Same shit we talk about now. The idea of four people... I remember, terrible. I remember we recorded on this like tiny mic, all four of us using one mic. Yes. Yeah. And and one of the guests, every time he tried to prove his point, he would just bang his fist on the table. Yeah. And you would hear it every every time. And it it just it was just an overall terrible experience. It was a great experience for us to figure out like, okay, we can't have more than two people like sort of interacting on a podcast. Yeah. But we definitely I think that's when I realized like this shit is fun. This could be a thing. Yeah. yeah. We definitely, yeah, definitely good. felt like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't go try searching for that last episode. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe it's we'll a, post it one day. Who knows? Maybe. It's in the vault. It's yeah. It's in the vault. Yeah. So let's get on to this next clip. This episode was actually w- the episode that I realized like, okay, we got something going. Okay. So per every episode that we, we talk about, when it comes to streetwear, Supreme is such a household name that it's hard to not mention them. Yeah. So in episode eight, it was about Supreme being evaluated as a billion dollar company. That was episode eight? That was episode why eight. Does it, why does it seem like that one was more recent than that? Because we talk about it all the time. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that was like that was probably like last winter, I think. Yeah. Right? Like November, December. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Crazy. So right. in in this clip, we're talking a little bit about Supreme's um evaluation and sort of, you know, what we think it's going to be turning into. Um, and so now, I mean, after the clip, we'll tell you guys because, you know, almost a year later, if we were right or not, but enjoy the clip. We talk about Supreme. So if you don't already know, and it's been a, you know, talk around town is that Supreme sold 50% of its stakes. Really? Was it 50%, 50% of it was, its shares. I it was a minority stake in it said 50%. Like, well, I don't, we don't have exact numbers. Yeah. And, you know, we're fucking idiots, so it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. who does, But anyways, yeah, they but, sold. Yeah, so they yeah. sold a majority of the stake of their company, and they are valued or, quote-unquote, 
um, estimated value of about a billion dollars. Yeah, which I think is crazy. For a streetwear company yeah. that started out as simply making a t-shirt with a box logo on it, they are valued at over a billion dollars. And the question that I had, which, and it's starting to, to, to make sense to me the more that I kind of like read more into these streetwear brands and sort of like the impact they have culturally is, is it really worth that much? I, I do know. not yeah. think, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't think. I don't think so. Beats by Dre was sold for about a billion dollars. Yeah. And that is like, it's like a, a technology headphone company. Like every single item they sell is no more than, or no less actually than about what, like 300? That's like their like well, average, like two, yeah, 200, like 200 is like their average yeah, value. Supreme like, makes keychains and t-shirts that cost 30 bucks. And yeah. like what gives them the right, or what who what gives Carl the Carlisle Group, which is the investment, investment firm, firm yeah. right? Um, who, who what other companies have they invested um, in? Um, well, one I think they had a minority stake in Beats, like we talked about, yeah. and they helped uh, Beats eventually get bought out by Apple. Shit. So they had something to do with that. I know they have um, some stakes in like Dunkin' Donuts. And, yeah, like, they're huge though. So, they're, like, those of, are all like household brand chains anyway. Yeah. So like they have reach yeah. is, is, is the big thing. But what makes Supreme of, you know, of all streetwear companies or just, you know, clothing companies alone, yeah. what makes them worth a billion dollars at the end of the day? I think it has less to do with the products that they're selling and it has more to do with their sort of market share in terms of streetwear and mm. how they're will how they're easy how they can easily create perceived value behind the products that they sell you know yeah yeah i think in terms of and it's going to be broken down into three different things let's say and we we touch upon these three different sort of subjects or or categories every time we talk about anything involved with streetwear it's it's social or um cultural influence yeah it's you know, influence on streetwear itself in terms of, you know, the clothing that they put out, the sort of advancements in streetwear yeah. on, a, on, a, on a, like an apparel sense. And then what was the third one that we usually talk about in terms of just like these three main, you know, subsets of, of categorization in terms of streetwear? Like, so we covered cultural. Cultural. Like, we covered, covered like the the like apparel side so the type the of clothing that they make the products yeah and then there was one more i completely forgot we touched upon it last episode too it was like heavy either way let's 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 go into the first one yeah. so let's talk and this this is usually my favorite because we have a huge a huge stake in streetwear right not just in terms of we own it, but yeah. we're a part of it. Yeah. So we have a say, I'd say. That's probably why the reason why we started this podcast because we we have a say in streetwear because yeah. we buy the shit. So in terms of Supreme and their sort of cultural and societal influence, they're by far the, the one of the most influential companies, even more so than some of the Fortune 500 companies. You think they're a Fortune 500 company now? No, I don't no, think so. No, right? No, definitely not. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, they have a huge cultural and societal impact, more so than, you know, some of the biggest companies out there. Yeah. Like, I think in that sense they deserve it, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I I agree. Whether you like the brand or not, it's hard to avoid the fact that they are, they do have 
such a cultural impact. Yeah. Um, to the point that people who don't even know what Supreme is will want Supreme. Yeah. So I think they have such a big reach, and I think their impact is huge. And it kind of before it used to be sort of limited to skateboarding, streetwear kind of mm. um, enthusiasts, but now yeah. it. It's uh, so box logo is almost like seeing it's an iconic thing. It's, it's almost, almost like seeing like an Apple logo. Yeah. Like you go across the world and everybody knows what an Apple logo is. In the same sense, the like supreme branding or anything supreme related is almost um, it's almost the there. Yeah. Like it's almost as iconic as the swoosh. As as crazy as it sounds, yeah. You can ask your mom, you can ask your grandparents, you can ask anybody that's traveled the world, and you, mm. and you show if you show them that Supreme Box logo, they'd look at it and be like, yeah, I've seen that around before. Yeah. Or I've yeah. seen that somewhere. Yeah. Maybe it was on the news, or maybe it was on, you know, YouTube or something. You know what I mean? But I feel like everybody has come across that to the point where they can at least say, like, oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. They may not know that it's like a streetwear brand or any sort of history behind it, but it's recognizable in the sense that it's it's an iconic logo yeah, to I that mean, extent. Even my dad, who's like in his 50s, knows, asks me about like Supreme and like Supreme <laughs> collabs. I think like when the Supreme Lacoste uh, collab came out, he asked me, he's like, hey, did you see all the photos of the new Lacoste yeah. collab? And I was like, wait, what? My dad still shops at Costco. He was like asking me, you see those those Kirkland pants, those Kirkland chinos? Like, no, 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 I did not. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like in that sense, like your dad talking to you about it, it's, you come across it at yeah. some point, even yeah. if he, maybe he's just looking up Lacoste polos on Google yeah. and he just goes to news and he sees like who, who the hell is this collaboration? Oh, they make that's a nice jacket. Yeah. Doesn't even care who they are. It's mm. just they produce a nice product. Yeah, exactly. Um, in another sense as well, they have a huge, like impact on just like all of pop culture. No, like, for sure. They, look at all the fucking like A list celebrities, fucking D list. It doesn't even matter. The yeah. whole entire range of people that are that are in front of cameras nowadays are wearing Supreme. Yeah. I almost thought about wearing it today because uh, I was like, you know what? If we're gonna talk about it, I'm sh- I'm. I'm flex a little bit. I'm flex with the camera, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, something so obscure as a brand like Supreme, let's say, like, maybe 10, 15 years ago, yeah, becoming sort of mainstream to the point where everyone and anyone is wearing it. I mm. think that's, like, it's crazy to me. Okay, so I'd say our predictions in regards to Supreme are pretty, a- pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They've expanded so. stores. We even got one here in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, I've I've yet to see it. So until I actually am able to walk in the store, then I'll believe it. Yeah. But a lot of speculation about that. But I think the conversation that we should have real quick before we move on to the next clip is, you know, so I, I listened to this this interview, The Business of Hype. I recommend everybody to go listen to it. Um, it was an interview with Ben and Bobby Hundreds uh, from The Hundreds. They talked about Supreme's trajectory and sort of where they stand in terms of not only mainstream culture, but streetwear as well. And they made this really good point that I think we should talk about. It's Supreme is going to end up being the Louis Vuitton or Gucci of our generation. So in 10, 15 years, they're still going to be around. They may not be as popular as they were, you know, around this time or you know when odd future came out that around that time but they're always going to be in the game how do, how do you feel about that 
Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, if you okay, if you think about it, there's still a few household names of streetwear. For instance, like you have your Stussies, you have you know just brands like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've kind of already seen that, but I think Supreme's just taking it to a whole nother scale. Where, like you said, like storied fashion houses like Louis Vuitton or Gucci, they're held at such they're held in such high regard that you know you can't help but admire what they've done and what they're doing and you know they've you know they're playing the they're playing the long game pause they made a great example out of this in saying that they're going to be the next louis vuitton and gucci of our generation because louis vuitton and gucci was not being worn maybe two to three years ago they were stores that people walked by they weren't doing anything necessarily new and innovative yeah nothing crazy Exactly, to yeah. entice whatever customers they had at the time. Yeah. They had out- Gucci outlets that people went to, but yeah. nobody was buying like current you know, stuff. Actually, I didn't know that Gucci stopped doing sales. Really? Like they stopped um, like putting stuff on sale. I didn't know that actually. So they don't have an outlet anymore? Uh, I think they might still have an outlet, but they just don't like... Hold sales like sales, within their, like within their main retail stores. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the way they, they framed it was... Gucci and Louis Vuitton make, I guess you want to call it an appearance every couple of years. They fall off, they do steady, they're not in, you know, in the media. And then just recently they hit this like huge boom with like this vintage revival. Yeah. And now they're, you know, on the homepage of every fashion site there is, you know? Yeah. That's how they sort of imagine Supreme, the, sort of the, the, the roller coaster ride of their, of their brand is. Every now and then, a trend may come around where Supreme is the shit. If not, then Supreme's just going to sort of maintain and coast yeah. until something like that happens. And I can I can totally see that. So what is it about Supreme that gives it such longevity as opposed to maybe like a Stussy that, you know, has kind of like its ups and downs, you know? What kind of gives it its staying power? I know we talked about this a lot, but... Mm. And that's kind of like a big question, but I don't know. What, what is it about this brand compared to like other brands that... I think it's less about the clothing yeah. now and it's more about the, the the sort of what they capture as their mission statement. So yeah. they represent a time that a lot of people, even kids that may have not even lived through that era of early 90s New York and skateboarding and punk rock, that captures a moment that is so nostalgic that I feel like can live on forever. The same way that the 60s lives on forever in areas of all over the country. Yeah. Everyone's wearing tie-dye. There are people that are so die-hard Grateful Dead fans and they still haven't released an album. Oh, I thought you were talking about like segregation. And, like, no, 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 no. I'm talking oh. about like very, very oh, specific. talking about clothing. Clothing, okay, clothing, okay, clothing. Okay. Trends. Tie-dye, right? Like there yeah. are certain people that are still into tie-dye and that was just something that uh, derived from the 60s so I feel like with Supreme there's such like a a picture-perfect moment of like an ideal situation which is like the hardcore era of the 90s that people yeah. just appreciate so much and that's what the feeling that they get by wearing it and, yeah. it and it's less about the clothes and more about what it means whether they actually live through it or not exactly yeah. just okay. the same way how people would wear like Louis Vuitton and Gucci and they want to feel as if they're part of, you know, higher class, maybe yeah. a bit more cl- fancy or whatever. It's more about the image rather than the actual clothes. And I think that's why we're going to see it sort of like 
live on forever. Fair enough. I think that's cool. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get into this next clip. Um, this one's this one's one of my favorites because this actually happened the first time me and Nate actually tried to go shoot like a creative ad or a video. Yeah. You know, if you if you've been following us for a little bit, there was a good stint of time where we we did a some crazy creative shit and we used to put out these really cool ad advertisements that really had nothing to do with our podcast, but it was just really cool and it, and it was a lot of fun to do. And so this story is <laughs> is is such gold. It it talks about the first time that we went out to go film uh create a video and this is when Nate tried to fight a homeless man. So enjoy. But yeah, man, like what the fuck has been going on? You oh, for anybody that doesn't know, and if you're watching this video, we're gonna throw in a small clip of it because I actually got it on tape is Nate actually tried to fight a homeless guy. Okay, first of all, I didn't try to fight a homeless person. He that's, tried to steal my backpack. That's true. And then he tried to fight me. Yeah. For accusing him of stealing my backpack. So let's let's kind of like if if I'm playing the video, I'll kind of walk you through it. <laughs> so we're trying to film, you know, like some cool clips for this thing, man. Yeah, we're trying like to get a, some content out. Just there. like a little promo video, just a little, like just some shots. Yeah, of us, just literally, like literally around. anything. Um, and. We had to put our stuff down because we don't want to look like herbs, like carrying around backpacks in our videos, right? We want to yeah. look natural. Yeah. And it, I knew it was kind of far, and I'm 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 usually a bit like like uh, observant. Yeah. So I once I saw it kind of far, and I was like, all right, we're done shooting. I'm gonna start walking back over yeah. there as fast as possible, and then out of nowhere, I see some dude kind of kind of dirty. I'm, I'm actually really dirty. He had a ba- he had a bag of garbage in his hand. It was like, a bag he, of garbage. He was clearly It looked it looked super gross. Yeah. And then I just see him walking towards him like All right, like here we go. Like I just had a feeling like you just know like yeah. it's it's an instinct thing. And I, and then, and I I was walking towards him too and I yelled I was like, "Hey, like hey, that's like our stuff. That's my stuff." <laughs> And, and I just and I was the first one, and I was just like, "Yo, that's yeah, all." Mind and you, I he just, continued to pick it up. He had yeah. it in his hand, and he was walking with it. He already knew, so I was just like, "Nope, come on, let's go. This yeah. is mine." And then we're walking, and then Nate proceeds to be Nate. No, okay, first of all, <laughs> typical I not, ass Nate. I did not start this altercation. He, I was walking away with my backpack in hand, and he <laughs> he said something to this me. This is typically you, man. He said something to me, and I turned around and I asked him. Like what he said. And yeah, he got uh, he, he got offended. Him, yeah, he, he got, got offended, and he proceeded to throw his stuff onto the floor. Yeah. and he was like, "What's up?" Yeah, and no, dude, no. Like, I, I think I'm a I'm a mediator to an extent. Yeah, like, and I, 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 okay, he was he was obviously ready to go. Yeah, and I I was just standing there with my stuff. I was like, it was very is, it was very hostile, was very like, fast. Yeah, like he went from oh my bad man I. I, I knew it was your guys to what's up let's go and I'm yeah. just like alright this is a little too much for me alright let you know what let's go and then he started to like walk towards us and I was like alright cool like that's already a sure sign of like alright you want to follow us it's over yeah like and- we, we gave him multiple chances <laughs> to walk away yeah without any sort of anything happening hey man today, today I may or may not have told him to <laughs> shut the fuck up but that's hey, uh, it's okay that's you- that's Either here or there. I just wish I was recording a little bit more, but what, what type of person would I be recording a fight with uh, one of my friends if I if I didn't jump in myself with a, with a homeless person? I thought. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, um, and and we were, it was real close, real close to getting ugly, but and know, that was our we were, that was 
pretty much the end of our afternoon for the yeah, most part. Quite the eventful afternoon. As we were coming here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's get on to some real shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you <laughs> if if you were able to listen through that whole thing, I know it's pretty ridiculous. If you would like to see the video, yo, just DM me. D- D- DM No Chance Podcast. I will send you the video personally so you can see how crazy this interaction was. And I'm, I was just, I'm still recording. I'm recording the whole thing up until I realized that it could potentially get a little bit hairy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. First of all, okay. Let me Go just, ahead. Cl- let me just clear, clear this up. Yeah. All right. So, you know, you guys heard the clip. You guys got a synopsis of what happened. First of all, I didn't try to fight this guy. This guy tried fighting me. And, uh, you know, if I did, if I was the one trying to fight him, I think it'd be justified because he tried to take my shit. So, you know, I, I think I think I'm in the clear on this one. I would say so too, man. It, you were you were very very like, you know, trying to get away from the situation. But you know, sometimes I wouldn't say that. But well, you I wasn't say you're gonna say you were like bitching out, but you were trying to do your best to avoid the situation until yeah. he started to approach you. Now. Maybe in five years from now, hopefully this doesn't resurface again. Make sure you, you know, cover all bases before, you know, once we're, you know, big and famous, there's going to be an old tweet that says, Nate tries to fight homeless person. I'm going to catch a lawsuit. (laughs) Yeah, your history is going to follow you in a way that you never imagined. And Uh. you're just going to be the advocate for gentrification and trying to kick out the homeless (laughs) and and all this other stuff. So, yeah, we're we're glad that we... Gentrifying Asian man (laughs) tries to evict homeless off of the street. (laughs) One at a time. (laughs) One homeless at a time. One beat down at a time. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we cleared that up. There's a lot... There's been a lot of, like, weird oddities that we've... That we've experienced even just like dealing with the podcast or dealing with clothes. Um, I think this might be a story that might be for another time in another episode. And I might just save it because of how lengthy it is. But I'll tell you a, a synopsis. So me and Nate used to go thrifting all the time. Um, we mentioned in other episodes before, we used to thrift at a, a Goodwill outlet store and we would just collect clothes in bulk. And the goal was to take those clothes to the Rose Bowl flea market, which takes place every, every month, right? Yeah. Every month in Pasadena, California. So Southern California. And so after we collected a lot of clothes, we decided to take a trip down there. My stupid ass wanted to drive my own car, knowing that I hadn't gotten an oil change in the longest time. I don't know why I neglect what, oil changes. Uh, what year was your car from? Um, 2004. It wasn't that old, but it's it was a reliable car. I had just yeah. gotten it, etc. But um, I know I knew prior to that, you know, maybe an oil change might be nice. I, my dad even said, "Hey, check your oil before you before you leave." I said, "Okay, I will." Never did, and so Idiot. and I'm not gonna go to the full length of what happened, but basically, as we were driving down to the Rose Bowl, um, our like opening time was like 4 a.m. Uh, it was like four or five, four or like five a.m. Yeah. Um, because that's when the the earliest buyers come into the the place, and they're usually like premier Japanese buyers that are willing to spend a lot of money. Yeah, and we wanted to be a part of that because we thought we had some heat, and <laughs> apparently, which we didn't have. <laughs> we did not at all. <laughs> um, but that's some details for a later story. And so we're driving down to Pasadena. We get to the Grapevine. It's a it's like a 
a road in the middle of a canyon. It's like basically like you're just going up a mountain. Yes. And then you go through the mountain and then you come up, come out the other side. And you're and in a big ass city. Yeah. 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 And it was about 1 a.m. and my car died on us. And when I say died, I mean completely dead, unrevivable. We didn't even want to push. It was it was immovable. And I mean, I'm going to just lay this out there. We literally took advantage of maybe five maybe five or six tow truck rides way more than that i think maybe seven total tow truck rides for free yeah we had to finesse our way to the rose bowl and then finesse our way home back to san francisco from la yes so that was a rough weekend yes so let me let me tell you one tip if you ever want to get a free tow truck driver i'm not going to give you the number to call but if a tow truck driver comes and they're they're, and they're about to charge you what you do is you run up to that tow truck driver, you have your car set up, you tell him, hey, I, I need to go to this location. Okay, you got it. Hook up my car and you run off. I don't care if you don't have a car, you just run off. Yeah. You eventually get to that location and your car will be there, guaranteed every time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But it worked <laughs> for us and I'm, I'm glad it did. And that was, that's one of the craziest stories I think I have. You, you know what was the uh, saving grace of that weekend? What? That, um, that, that cheesesteak that we had it was a torta no yeah okay that too that was pretty fire <laughs> oh but oh also the cheese okay steak. yeah yeah, yeah. That was we lit. hadn't eaten for like close to like 12 hours like it was, yeah it was time. a crazy weekend it was yeah. a crazy weekend nonetheless shit yeah i know right yeah. to, i'm tired i, I love telling that story though. it's exhausting shit. just to tell yeah exactly <laughs> all right it, on to the next clip because we can go on and on about that one there's so many fucked up events that we've we've gotten into just Ever since we started this podcast, I think you're a bad influence. You yeah, might be. I think I just attract like trouble. Yeah, I think so. To be <laughs> honest. All right, let's talk. Let's talk to the next clip then. So, I think this was a little bit later because um, around the time that Virgil had become the the men, lead menswear de- designer for Louis Vuitton, this might be episode like 32. It's pretty recent. We talked about a little bit about, you know, sort of Virgil's upbringing, where he got to and how he became the leading menswear de- designer for Louis Vuitton. Probably one of the most pivotal moments for us in streetwear. I think it means a lot to us just to see somebody who started as just a fan of streetwear and becoming, you know, probably one of the most recognizable positions in fashion in general, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think so. I would agree. I would agree. All right. So in this clip, we talk a little bit about Virgil and Louis Vuitton and how he's been killing it. Uh, Virgil Abloh, the your design, your current designer's favorite designer for some reason. The creator of Off-White, Pyrex. Um, what's the other one? What's the other one? There's another one? Yeah, there's another one. Pyrex, Off-White, Off-White Pyrex. and... Just kidding. I thought it was just two. I thought it was three. No. Anyways, Anyways, okay, cool. I'm wrong. Um, so the creator. <laughs> well, there goes the episode. Apparently, we don't know. <laughs> creator shit. of Pyrex and Off White is now the lead menswear designer for Louis, Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. Now, okay, you think like, oh, well, he's not the CEO or you know, like the man in charge. Yeah, that's a huge step. Like, it is. It is a huge, especially step. for such a reputable like fashion house. You know. Yeah. Coming from somewhere from coming from someone who screen printed designs onto um polo flannels you know and there's such there's so many pieces that we can sort of dissect here so let's just start with you know more of the just provide some context for people who don't know yeah so previously the lead men's designer 
was Kim Jones mm-hmm. of Louis Vuitton. He separated maybe about how long ago? A couple months like, ago? Like a yeah, I would say like they a month or so ago. They just had their last yeah. Louis Vuitton runway show that he led. Um, he's now with uh, Christian Dior, and from there they bring in Virgil Abloh. Right? There's so there's so much going on with this that I don't know where to start. Yeah. Let's say. Okay, let's talk impact then. Yeah. Right? Let's right off the bat. Let's talk impact. Yeah. So Virgil becomes the lead men's menswear designer of Louis Vuitton. What happens? Like, what happens next? Like, what is Louis Vuitton going to look like going forward? What is it going to look like going forward? That's a good question. Before we get into our favorite part, which is the conceptual, deeper meaning stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about just surface level shit like what's the product gonna look like what's gonna re-release yeah what is it gonna look like are the prints gonna remain the same who knows you come into a uh, a heritage brand a legacy brand it's been around for oh i want to say almost 200 years yeah it's a long ass time how do you shift how do you change the dynamic of something that's been ingrained into people's minds for looking a particular way well i think virgil is going to do either one of two things. I think he's either going to, you know, inject his sort of streetwear knowledge into this higher fashion brand, similar to what we see at, for instance, like Gucci. Yeah. Like very street ready stuff that can be worn by pretty much everybody. Yeah, street ready. Um, So yeah, either he could do that or he can just keep it kind of, you know, the way that it is very... um, you know, very traditional, yeah. like a uh, high fashion house. I think the expectation, like you said, is is to sort of start to taper that brand into something that's more street ready. Yeah. That's the sort of millennial mindset nowadays mm-hmm. is we need something that's sensible for our time, the buying consumer nowadays, yeah. which yeah. is people around our age. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Virgil already has that you know, that stronghold of that community, right? Anything that he puts out, we're buying, we're interested in. I think the key thing here is that Virgil really understands that his younger audience, millennials, youth culture, whatever you want to call it, they are really what's going to drive the fat and what's currently driving like the fashion world today. From a business standpoint, they have the purchasing power and as well as they are the purveyors of cool right now. Yeah, like more so than ever, I feel like. It, you yeah, know? You, yeah, you would be, it, it's kind of surprising because if you look back to, you know, like the mid 2000s, like kids our age at the time weren't really the ones doing it, you know? Yeah, I mean, because like money is so accessible, mm-hmm. um, obviously like not to everybody on an yeah. equal level, of course, yeah. but it's definitely more accessible to younger people than it was let's say 15 years ago you know so obviously like people have our younger people have more money to spend um they're gonna drive consumerism you know what i'm saying and some of the leading like street where influencers aren't even anything older than 30 years old if you really look closely yeah yeah definitely they're all very very young and so with this you know changing of the guard essentially Mm -hmm. um virgil's sort of influence now is like hey i come from this culture of kids who know what the fuck they're talking about who are constantly being dismissed kids like us right they are the ones sort of leading the charge now and he's the 
the Black Panther, the like literally yeah. like the man in charge. He's yeah. like leading an entire nation to be like, hey. I actually haven't seen Black Panther yet. So. Oh man, I can't even talk Sorry. to you about it. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, spoiler I mean, alert. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just in general, it's one of those. It's it's a huge mon monumental thing. Okay, so how do you feel about Virgil right now? Um, I mean, like you said, he's been killing it. It's hard to deny that he's had such a huge hand in everything from his, you know, taking up the helm at Louis Vuitton as the menswear uh, creative director and then all his works that he's been doing with Nike, whether that was like the original 10 and then everything else that's coming out. Um, like that Serena Williams collection that's pretty sick. The uh, the football, soccer, whatever. During the collection. World Cup. Yeah, during the World Cup. Um, he's been killing it, man. Uh, whether you like his stuff or not, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's hard to talk down on him. It is. Because, yeah. It is. It is definitely hard to talk down on somebody who's literally worked every sort of, I would say every sort of job within like streetwear and in high fashion. He started with what some would call the most, sh the shittiest streetwear brand ever created. Yeah. Um, Hood by Air and um, no, uh, Pyrex. No, Pyrex. Yeah. yeah. So, but this is the thing that kind of catches me off guard now is. For the stint that we were doing those episodes, around the 30th episode, there was articles and news about him literally every week. A new project, a new achievement, a new accolade every fucking week. Yeah. I have not seen him in the public eye in like at least a month. Yeah. I mean, I think as far as like Louis Vuitton, his work has been or he's been a lot uh, quieter on that front. But, um, I mean, he just debuted that, like I was saying, that Serena Williams collection for the U.S. Open, I believe. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, other than that, I haven't really seen his name in the spotlight since his runway show. I think that typically means it's kind of like album mode. Yeah. Right? Like, if you see, like, you saw Jay-Z recently, he's just a hella scruffy yeah. and, like, his hair's all grown out. That just means that they're in the mode of, like, producing whatever great works of art that they're on their way to producing so yeah i think he previewed a little bit of like uh what he's been doing for louis vuitton like he'll show like certain leaks and stuff just to sort of gauge his like heat in the streets yeah and i think right now he's really getting into like okay this next year is gonna be fire I got to put in the work, make this shit happen. Yeah. I, I mean, when stay. we take a break, it's not really album mode. It's just because like we're, <laughs> we're kind of lazy. So. We're, no, this is vacation mode, man. Vacation, vacation mode. mode. Two different things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to the last episode. Um, but yeah, okay. Let's get into this last one, man. Like, I hope you guys have been enjoying a little bit of a, a bit, of, a bit of a recap that we've, we laid out for you guys, man. It's been, it's been a great one year and to put it all in, into perspective, a year isn't shit. Like, yeah. considering what most where most brands are in terms of being a legacy brand, I think, I think in in, it, in the interview with Ben and Bobby Hundreds, they had explained that they didn't hire their first employee until maybe like the fifth year. All right, so we got four more years to go. Exactly. Like, there, there's. I want to say there's. There's such a high expectation 
for us, I think we have high expectations for each other and for the podcast. Yeah. But in regards to like where the podcast is and trying to per- perfect perfection, I've started to do less of that and just like enjoy it while while it goes, you know, like enjoy yeah. it while we do it. Record I mean, the podcast. Yeah. A year seems like a really long time. But to be honest, like you said, year ain't shit. Definitely. They, a year is like day one in the grand scheme of things. Exactly right. It, it's it's crazy, it. and to yeah. think for the people that have DM'd us and you know reached out to us about their brands and just like how we've given you guys advice, like to see that after a year, it, it's it's amazing, and we can only get that through social media. So, what a time to be live! Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, man. So let's get into one of them. I think it's the second most popular episode we've ever done. And this sort of coincides with sort of how we got together and how the brand sort of started. But we talk about in this episode, basically how to hypothetically start a brand. Your, what was it, six tips and tricks? Wow, that was such a good episode. Right? I remember it was, like that. Yeah, six, it was like six, yeah. six themes to focus on when you're creating a brand, how to be creatively intuitive and make something for yourself. Um, so this is episode, I don't know the fucking number, but we talked about making a brand. This was around Christmas time. Um, probably one of my favorite episodes. I still listen. I've listened to this episode more times than I've listened to any other episode because it, it's definitely uh, one to get back to. So yeah, enjoy. So I wanted to hypothetically throughout this entire episode, create a brand maybe it could become a brand in the future who knows no chance as a brand itself is a brand but we don't have apparel and all that stuff but not yet not yet but with the sort of knowledge that we have we wanted to see if we can create an a hypothetical brand and sort of go through how many steps do we have um the six kind of like basic steps that we kind of whittled it down to yeah just to kind of keep it nice and simple for everybody very overarching uh terms that kind of go through each step things that if you're listening and you have a brand that you're thinking of or or maybe you already have a brand that you've already produced uh, a season or two this is perfect for you because you can kind of get our input in creating or maybe doing things a little bit differently or better not and to say that you're doing it bad or anything disclaimer we are by no means experts at anything not at all um, this is just kind of like our idea and our two cents about yeah. how we would go about it yeah. if we were making a brand. And we definitely so. see brands come up. We see brands come and go. We've seen brands do good and do bad. So I think we have a pretty good idea of what it takes to survive within the the market nowadays, especially with so many brands being born out of like Instagram and all that stuff. So if they can do it and last, you know, a couple of years and I think we could do it, you know. All right, so I guess first with that being number said, one. What what's the first thing when it comes to creating a brand or you know, uh, an apparel line? What what's the first major thing that you would think of? Well, I guess if you're starting a brand from scratch, not just like a collection, but a, an entire brand, I think the first thing that we agreed upon was just this idea of creating your identity yeah. and having an idea of who you are and what you want others to yeah. see you as. You Definitely. Know? So I think that's the very first step. Yeah. Big thing, identity, idea, what are you about? What sort of messages are you trying to convey? Why are you making a brand or an apparel line to begin with? I, th- I mean, let's just speak for us here. I think when we were trying to think of a brand for this podcast, we were thinking of ideas and sort of themes that sort of went with 
you know, our age, what we were about, a little bit of of the sort of risks we were taking and mm. this sort of idea of, you know, when, with being our age, being millennials, being from semi-traditional, not really traditional parental backgrounds, mm. people are now nah, definitely me, not me. me i would I say for like, you a little yeah, bit definitely. more but just having parents or people around you co- constantly telling you that you couldn't do something or you know if you were bullied when you were younger then you know you were to- always told like you can't do that you suck whatever not that we were bullied or anything we were real bosses real g's no i'm just saying i'm i'm speaking for the opening i'm speaking for the other kids but for example, no chance came from this idea of not only is it good to always take a chance and something that we did when we were thinking of podcasts, because how many times did it take us to do the first episode? Um, it took us like six tries. Six tries. And we had episode. actually started what? How long? How, like almost two a years year ago. Before, two yeah, years before? Maybe like a year. Almost like oh two my years, God. I feel like. Well, yeah. we had started something along the lines of podcasting about a year before, knew nothing about it, had some shitty mics, didn't really put anything, anything together. I think I still have that episode somewhere on an old computer. We're not listening to it. But um, if anything, no chance came from this idea of taking a chance, taking a risk, and also people telling us that we had no chance at whatever it is the fuck that we wanted to do. So having a theme or an idea that sort of goes with what you believe in, is always going to be the first thing that you think of when starting a brand. Yeah, and I think that's, for me, like I keep saying in all the other episodes, I think a brand with a really strong identity that knows who they are and doesn't kind of stray from that, I think those are kind of the brands that I yeah. um, that I like the most. Yeah. You know? like, Could you name a brand that, like off the top of your head, that has a good identity that's always sort of stuck with it throughout their time or their, their um, being alive? I mean... Honestly, just like a lot of the workwear brands that we yeah, like, like I'd say Heart, so. Levi's, Dickies, whatever <laughs> they may be, they've been doing literally the same thing. Yeah, they um, have not. I mean, they've they've done different stuff here and there, but they're always at the end of the day, they know what the roots are. Yeah, and they still kind of draw on that pretty heavily. So definitely. Yeah. What about you? All right, uh, good. Uh, also, Stussy for me, like yeah. Stussy, always still very rooted in. Yeah. Like where it came from like its origins as a surf brand yeah just like kind of sort of like a california very streetwear brand um yeah. i think that for me is like no that's good a good one, one. Yeah. that's a good one i like um i do like the hundreds yeah. i like how the hundreds you know when they start out with that that atom bomb that atom bomb logo mm-hmm. and we'll talk about logos a little bit later but that atom bomb logo and, it, and you just think of sort of like cartoonish and and all these other things and then you see them do collaborations with everything that you could imagine in terms of that having that sort of uh, iconography appeal to it like Animaniacs or uh, movie I don't know there's so many that I couldn't even name but I I like the idea of of holding true to to youth essentially is is the line that's consistently used but all right let's move on to the next one because this one's one of the important ones and I think this is something that we strive to do every day as we talk on the podcast but it's to become an expert. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, do a thousand hours of research or whatever, but it's really just about putting in the time and sort of learning about the people who did it before you, right? Yeah. Essentially. Just, just kind of like perfecting your craft too. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of this, like we had no idea what we're doing, but nope. 
it it used to take us like an hour or two just to even set up before we even started recording so i think it just it comes with a lot of patience too definitely definitely patient um in trying to learn your craft and perfect it yeah um and yeah, I mean that's all it is at the end of the day. It's just practice. Yeah, and know? if you if you're really passionate about it, then it it doesn't really take too much effort. It's something that you like to do regardless. So yeah. when it came for us, and and the actual talking part was was easy, you know. But when you when you learn how to podcast and you learn how to set up audio and record video and edit all these things, a year ago I knew not I didn't knew nothing how to how to deal with like a, a, a DSLR camera or any sort of microphone or anything like that. But it was this idea of having a goal of like, I want to start a podcast. Okay, well you gotta learn all this other shit, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So definitely doing the research. And when it comes to like starting a brand, you gotta figure out who started brands before you. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the president of the United States knows who the other presidents are. You know well, what I mean? I don't they, know if the current one does. Okay, probably not. <laughs> That's a good one. Good catch. But they've done the research. They know the, you know, the plans before and all this other stuff. But it takes a little bit of, of time and effort to figure out how the other brands did it before. And I think that's a lot easier these days with the it advent is. of the internet. Yeah. Like I think a lot of it just has to do with actually putting the time yeah. in to doing the research and figuring yeah. it out. Like there's so many resources available to anyone mm-hmm. that anyone can literally do anything they want these days. YouTube. YouTube. The, like, yeah. And there's so many like of these companies that will you take your your graphic or your image and you submit it and you choose the t-shirt and color and the size and they print it and send it back to you. Like yeah. it's that easy. You can literally Google how to start a clothing company easy and there's it, so many of and those it'll show you there's so many maybe like some of the basic steps but i mean like it's out there before yeah. you kind of just had to you had to actually like work in clothing Dude. and learn it from it was so hard it was so crazy like in high in the hypebeast forums there there used to be a thread just on starting your own brand yeah so people would throw like their ideas and their like line sheets and all these things and they get flamed all the time but the one thing that people never did was divulge information on where to get your clothes screen printed where to get your like wholesalers and all these things you know where do you get all the bulk items of t-shirts and sweaters and jackets and and stuff but now everyone's trying to give that out because there's so much of it It, it's it's so easy to find those people nowadays yeah i mean it's granted it does still take a little bit of work definitely but i mean it's definitely a lot easier, I think, than it was, say, 10, 20 years ago yeah. to start a clothing business yeah. or just a business in general. No, definitely. You know? And yeah. just some of the things, why educating and becoming an expert is so important is that you want to avoid a couple of crucial things. Obviously, using the same name as somebody else, Yeah. using the same logo as somebody else, same designs, etc. Yeah. That, that comes with the territory, obviously, and hopefully you learn that part earlier than when you invest money and time and blood sweat and tears into a design that's already been done mm-hmm. a couple years prior so that's a huge one also, go ahead. wait uh before are we moving on to no, number three? Go. also um i think for me i think this would be the most rewarding stage you know? yeah definitely perfecting your craft for me at least is really fun just because i learn how to it's like in terms of this podcast like perfecting my craft or perfecting our craft is really fun because like you said like i didn't know how to edit video before yeah. like i 
I knew how to edit photos somewhat, but doing this kind of made me delve into it a yeah, little yeah. bit more. And just kind of learning new stuff and being able to create new things. Like, yeah. That was really fun for me. Really you want to know learning. something crazy? I didn't tell you this, but I would watch, I used to like uh, a couple times before and, and up until now, I watch famous speeches being spoken on YouTube so I can see how they like pronounce them, like how they, I guess the word is like basically speak. Yeah. You know, there's there's certain things that people do to, to speak better. I've, I've been drinking um, more so because I've been sick, but a lot lately is hot water, lemon, and honey. It it soothes the, the vocal cords for speaking. Watch and you, the King's speech on Netflix. Exactly, so. <laughs> man. You, you pick these things up if you want to become a better speaker, a better pronunciator. I've said um a lot less in the past couple weeks because yeah that's good you have to be able to think and stuff like that but I think that those are very important things to learn because it makes you better for other things yeah, too. yeah I mean something even as simple as that that people might take for granted you know yeah. like I think that's a really big important part of what we do uh, just being able to speak and being able to yeah kind of perfect that yeah. like even that in it that simple task is part of becoming an expert so i hope you got some sort of newfound inspiration from listening to that clip i know that i did um starting this brand it was important to both of us i know like the name came super naturally like the idea of it came super naturally and that's really hard when you're trying to start a new brand nowadays wouldn't you say yeah i think so um I don't know. You just kind of have to see what fits you best. And, you know, you can't force it like we talked about in that episode. Yeah, it's, that's that's the that's super like it, it's don't con- make it contrived. Yeah. You know? The number one thing I think people look for is authenticity in whatever it is that you're doing in just being a person in general. Exactly. Um. So I think that's what we kind of strive for. And that's what we kind of we kind of we kind of base the brand image around who we are as people and just to make it more relatable to us and hopefully like other people could relate to it as well. So perfectly said. And there's been a lot of that going on. I mean, agenda just took place and agenda is a hub of brands. Me and you may have never even heard of, but looking at the list of people that have gone to agenda this past, uh, I think it was this past weekend or actually taking place uh, maybe a couple days ago. I'd say a majority of those brands I've never heard of in my life. Yeah. Maybe like four or five are like brands that have been around for at least 10 plus years, the hundreds, um, Diamond Supply Co., Crooks and Castles, et cetera. So let's talk about that for a second because brands are so easy to make nowadays. A clothing company is so easy to make. You know, you have an idea, a singular idea, and you figure out a way to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Right. Easy. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say easy. I would just say it's more accessible. There you go. If you're willing to, you know, do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are a million brands out there. You know, I think it's just like what we see with like tech startups and stuff like of course. that. Like there's just a million of those too because everything's more accessible and, you know, it's. I mean, I guess in that case, it is a little bit easier compared to maybe like 10 15 years ago where you didn't have as many resources but yeah i don't know i think there's definitely a saturation of of brands out there um if you can't find a brand or a shirt graphic that 
you're sort of inclined to wear, then you, if you do a little bit of research, I'm sure you're bound to find something. Yeah. There's brands deriving from any parody, any TV show or movie that you ever watched. Yeah, which can be a good thing too, you know? Of course. Because like, you know, we all have different tastes. And there's so something like, for everybody. Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, and the, and, and this is the, what we stress a lot in, in the clip that you we just played, is that your first season doesn't dictate your future as a brand, right? Like yeah. you... You have this idea. You think about the people that decided to do the the print or the the fabric pocket t-shirts. Right? Brands were created off of that fat alone. Yeah. But how do you grow from that? How do you the word is reinvent yourself? Yeah, or just adapt, grow, like mm-hmm. you said, you know. There's there's a there there has to be that when you're when you're a brand and you start off with one singular idea, you can't I don't know too many brands that have relied off of one singular idea to to keep them going for 10 plus years. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about in this episode, not this episode, but the how to build a brand episode. Yeah. Um, it's all about adapting, but also, like we said, remaining true to yourself and kind of, you know, being authentic, but still being with the times. Ooh, that's a good point. When you say remain authentic to yourself it really reflects what the brand looks like because obviously if you grow up, your ideas grow, the way you approach things grow. Yeah. And that contributes to how you approach the, the, the brand. Yeah. And that's, that's, you'll see it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, you're not going to stay the same, um, throughout the years, you know, consider, consider this 50th episode, like the end of season one. There you go. Of, the podcast season two might be a bit different probably not to be honest but (laughs) you know i mean that's just how it goes when you're building a brand nothing is gonna stay the same um and it's just that's just a part of like growing like as a brand as like whatever podcast you know so we're in completely different stages of our lives from when we started the podcast yeah. until now. Yeah. Our maturity level has not changed, no. but I'd say our lifestyle and things that we're into and things that we do have drastically changed. And that's good. Like yeah. to be able to listen to episode one and think about who I was and what I talked about and my opinions on whatever have changed since then. That's that's all you can really ask for. Even though, yeah, that that's so crazy to think about. That was only a year ago, but wow, things are drastically different. Yes, now, and we got a long way to go. Yeah. And with your guys' help and support, we can get there. So we really appreciate you guys supporting us for the last year. Everybody that's ever reached out to us, DM'd us, complimented us, supported us, left a review, whatever, liked a photo. Um, thank you guys. Yeah, seriously, thank you. It's appreciate it's, it. It means a lot. Yeah, and definitely to sort of propel us forward into other types of media, whether it's video content or a fucking TV show or movie deals, whatever, who knows what the future holds. Uh, We'll be there. So on that note, that is episode 50 of the No Chance podcast. We appreciate you guys listening and we will catch you next week. Peace.